0: Hi there, my name is Brianna and I am here to discuss the use of language in professional practice. During week two of CYC 822, we discussed troublesome yet common terms used in the child and youth care practice and human services field. I enjoyed the conversation that week because it is something that will come up in our everyday practice. The ways in which we communicate with the youth and fellow staff has an impact on the work environment. This is important to learn about because some people are unaware of the weight that certain words, terms, or phrases can carry. Some are unaware of the impact they have on our practice. We will explore how some terms such as care, intervention, colorblindness, and treatment have significant implications in the ways in which they are used. Before we look at terms in the human services field that our practice largely consists of, I want to talk about terms that people frequently use in their lifetime regardless of their profession. Some people are unaware or intentionally use words that promote racism, sexism, homophobia, or ableism. For example, when referring to people of color, it is important to use the phrase Color instead of using the term colored people. A simple rearrangement in these words can make all the difference when speaking about racialized people. Also, when referring to indigenous people, do not say Indians. If you know people from older generations that still use the term back in the day when it was normalized, educate them. Using the correct terms promote cultural safety. Practitioners must ensure that we are doing whatever we can to make our young people feel safe and accepted. Homophobia is also perpetuated in our society through the use of hurtful slurs towards the LGBTQ community. More recently, there has been an emphasis on using an individual's preferred pronouns. It is also important to avoid assumptions of someone's pronouns. We should normalize asking people for their pronouns and respect their choice once we have been informed. Many people in the human services field close off their emails with their preferred pronouns, so the recipient is aware. I would also like to mention ableism as I believe it is not discussed as much. Terms such as the R word should be erased from our vocabulary and we must hold others accountable. As mentioned earlier, the arrangement or order of words make a significant difference. Instead of saying that someone is an autistic individual, you may say an individual with autism or say that they are on the spectrum. The child must come before the exceptionality, so avoid using autistic child. Put the child first. In this course we discuss professional practice and identity, therefore it is important for us to encourage our youth to develop their sense of identity by using the appropriate language. Now that we have gone over some general terms, let's get into some course related terms. The first term I'd like to talk about is care and the act of caring this term should be considered a prerequisite to even enter our field. We must genuinely care about the young people that we work with. We often take for granted or do not think about this term, even though it is included in the name child and youth care. Care flows from one person to another, when the practitioner cares for or about a child. To engage in care, it usually has a positive connotation. When I speak of care, I'm using it in an interpersonal context. On the other hand, the term care can also be limited. This can be considered as a holistic perspective. Caring about the world and environment sets a foundation. We should always remember to care for the land, nature, and the world. Care about the environment and yourself in which you engage with young people. Caring from a collective perspective emphasizes the sense of community and what comes from it. As individuals, we exist because others exist. This leads to the next concept of Ubuntu that emphasizes that our existence is contingent on others, states author Louis Zulu. The way we usually think about care in our field is not the only way. of Ubuntu should be integrated into our practice more. It emphasizes the importance of community and society. Regardless of the language we use or speak, this has a way of bringing people together. It proposes a theory of shared humankind, togetherness, and humanity. Now I would like to move on to something that is important in our field, intervention. First, it can be viewed in violent ways such as war, but we use the term in a helpful and supportive way in our field, but this does not mean that we do not cause unintentional harm. Some interventions that we provide can cause trauma. That is why it is important for us to learn and grow in our field. For example, the government intervened in indigenous people's lives by removing children from their homes and placing them with right families or residential schools. Back then, the people who worked in residential schools honestly could be classified as child and youth care practitioners, but they participated in a cultural genocide. We must intervene where they are at, so removing them from their homes was not the way to do it. A way of engaging with the world that nurtures healing health and well-being in the space around us and bringing young people along on this journey of what is happening around us is important. This way, we are not forcing people to change themselves, but we are focused on getting to know the world around them so they develop a way of connecting and being in the world. This can lead to them developing a sense of agency and allow them to find their place in the world. If we enter their space, It will help them develop in an environment that we are familiar with. If we remove them from what they are used to and tell them that their environment was not suitable enough for them, they may doubt themselves and where they come from. Now, I would like to talk about colorblindness. This term has been gaining attention in terms of how not to perform in our field. According to texts written by Evan P. Apfabeum, Michael I. Norton, and Samuel R. Summers, it is the belief that one's racial group membership should not be taken into account or acknowledged as a means of managing diversity relations. We must be culturally competent and promote cultural safety in our practice, Ignorance has been attached to this phrase because it demonstrates a disregard for the circumstances that come with race that cannot be ignored. When people say they are colorblind, most of the time they are expressing this to avoid sounding racist or trying to prove that a young person's race did not impact the way that they were treated. But this is unfair and unjust. Little do these people realize that being colorblind is a part of the problem avoiding the complexities of life experiences that come along with race does not erase them. I would like to discuss treatment as the term carries different meanings in different contexts. Treatment can be used in a medical care setting when a professional provides treatment to a patient or it can be used by expressing the way in which someone behaves towards others. Treatment often takes place in racist ways, at least in the way it is conceptualized in the North American context. The treatment that white youth receive differs from the treatment that black youth receive. This treatment takes place in different settings, such as educational or healthcare settings. The structures and institutions in which treatment unfolds is Complicit in racist practices. In conclusion, it is crucial that us as practitioners are mindful of the words we use in our practice. This course has provided me with the tools and knowledge that I will take into the field when I graduate. This course has placed an emphasis on professional language, communications, and perspectives to use in practice. The language we use should promote diversity, equity, and inclusion. Thank you.